1: Eric Cole, Garav Vidak, and Garrett Spain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Road to Atlanta a podcast devoted solely to the Braves farm system and Braves prospects. I am one of your hosts, Eric Cole. You may recognize me for my work over on talkingchop.com, or I've been the minor league editor for since 2015. I've been the deputy site manager since 2018. You can follow me on Twitter at Leprechaun with a K. Joining me as frequently. I guess is the best way to describe it. You know, we kind of rotate through everybody, give everyone a chance to uh, talk. To talk prospects it is my longtime c- colleague and good buddy,
0: Garrett Spain. Garrett, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. It's been kind of a slow week with uh, with rainouts and stuff, which you know it's good at this stage, kind of giving a chance to rest up a little bit and not not have to do stuff. So it's been a bit of a quiet week, but it's been. Good at this stage, Uh, just excited to see what's going on Um, and excited to be back. It's been a couple weeks since I've been on, so I got a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, it's been the with the, you know, the bad weather coming in from the, you know, the storms coming in and all that stuff. You know, it's definitely kind of made it a little bit less eventful this week uh, in terms of uh, actual game coverage for us. Uh, We're going to be paying that debt for certain, Uh, you know, it, it might not be in some cases It might not even be this week. Uh, it might be later in the summer where all of a sudden we're going to have double headers, and all of a sudden it's going to be a little bit trickier to kind of get everything covered and have a lot of information to have to digest. But, you know, for the most part this week, it's been kind of nice just to kind of like relax a little bit. Uh, and despite the fact that it was like a pretty slow week in terms of games and all that, there actually we've actually had a good bit of news. Uh, the first one is that Kyle Muller, to my surprise, gets called up to the majors. I mean, he's certainly looked better in his la- in, in his last few starts at Gwinnett, but I was pretty surprised that they decided to like you know they bring him up as if for that relief appearance, and then he starts the today today against Degrom and really
0: held his own against him. Uh, how, what do you think about Mueller's debut? Kind of about where I thought you know I don't I don't think I think we're all in the boat that you know he's not quite like ready yet. But for the situation he was thrown into, you know it was obvious that first game he was put in a bad spot. It's his debut against a really tough lineup. That was. Not the best situation for him, but overall, you know, this game he held his own. He didn't let his command and control get away from him, and he pitched a decent enough game, so I can't, you know, he's definitely, I think he's shown enough where, you know, if he comes down and Gwinnett has another couple months, you may give him a chance later in the season. I still don't, you know, he hasn't done enough yet for me to be convinced that he's ready to pitch the major league level, but I, it's nice to know that he can, he is at the stage now where he can, provide help at the major league level if and when he's needed. I just hope it doesn't turn into another up and down situation like they have with other guys.
1: Yeah, that's the tricky part, right? It's just like you don't want to get you want to get you guys in a, in a routine. You want to make sure that they have opportunities. But unfortunately, with like Tucker Davidson getting hurt, you getting hurt, you like it's just kind of a situation where like someone has to pitch these games. And there's other options that we'll probably end up talking about a little bit later in the podcast that haven't been performing very well. And as a result, you know, you, like, it's kind of, a, okay, well, who's, you know, who's going to actually contribute and who's actually going to be ready to actually give us some meaningful innings in that rotation. And, again, you know, the debut, I don't hold that against him. You know, like, he kind of gets thrown into, he, because he was, like, literally an arm that was available out of the bullpen that the, and the Braves needed a guy who could throw if need be. They bring Muller up and, you know, it didn't go particularly great. But, again, start against DeGrom, you give up one run in your, like, your first actual start on the road, in a tough environment, against the best pitcher on the planet. By the way, DeGrom looked insane today. Like, he he, he always looks insane. But, like, it's, you know, to, he actually holds his own. And he drew a walk against DeGrom. Uh, a lot of people were seem surprised that he actually looked like he could hold his own at the plate. But Kyle Muller, he was a legit like hitting prospect as a draft prospect, you know, has real raw power. He's going to hit a, a home run as a major leaguer. I'm convinced of it. Um, and, uh, well, I say that. You know, with the DH coming next year, maybe not. Um, but you know, maybe he only had so many opportunities this year, but overall, I was really happy just to kind of see him perform well, you know, had a couple walks, but struck out some guys had some, got some good action on his pitches, you know, it looks like he's been making, continuing to make adjustments down there in Gwinnett, uh, you know, again, you know, shouts to Mike Moroth down there and triple a who frankly, I think should be helping and advising at the major league level. But I will digress from that. Uh, other news in the minor leagues, Spencer Strider, who has been the guy who has blown our hair back the most this season. Gets promoted again. He makes just like just like a cup of coffee in Rome after dominating down in Augusta. Comes up to Rome, has an amazing start. I I watched all of that start six innings. He gives up one solo home run on a guy whose sole mission was just to sit dead red fastball and was swinging at. He was like again. It just kind of. He it's almost like the guy just ran in the ran in the one that Spencer just put a little bit too far down in the zone, you know, and immediately strikes out the next batter. The only hit he gave up in the game, 12 strikeouts in six innings, just like this crazy rising action on his fastball, like, that's a big league arm right now as a reliever, for sure. Now, as a starter, you know, it's weird just because I, usually what I want to do when I see a a guy as a starter is I want to see him get a full season of how, like, I know he looks good these first couple months, like, that's. That, that's easy to tell. The stuff isn't the problem; it's just how he holds up to a starter's workload, you know. Especially coming off the injury and not really pitching much last year, you want to see like what does he look like later on in the season, right? Um, but like right now, he just seems it's so tantalizing to, to really kind of challenge him as much as you can. And the Braves seem to agree. Had already sending him to, to Mississippi, just throwing absolute gas. to fastball. I actually wanted to ask you this, and you can expound on just your general thoughts on Tr- Strider here too. But we've been covering you and I've been covering the. Braves minor league system for you know since 2015. Have you seen in just the pure quality of the pitch? Have you seen a better fastball in the Braves farm system than Striders?
0: I mean, there are guys like you know, uh, like you know, even Mauricio Cabrera when they can actually get a pitch in their location that's been as good, but none that. You know the thing with Strider is, is that he's has a lot better command of it than most guys that throw upper nineties with a lot of movement. I think that that's what really makes the difference for Strider is that you look at a guy that's not just going to go up there and just chuck it at the zone and hope. He's actually looking to hit spots, and that makes a. I mean that helps the fastball a ton because he knows what to do with it and he knows the most effective location for it, and he's going to put it there. And that makes it. I mean guys at you know a ball level. Are just not gonna hit a well located upper nineties fastball. Guys at the major league level struggled to hit that. So guys at this level, just I mean, there was just no chance. When he's on, there's just no chance for minor league guys to hit him. Yeah, I like I like what he's doing with the breaking ball too. Uh, the I I like I certainly
1: agree with him is that I like the action on the pitch that when he throws it harder. You know, like he certainly has ones where it not doesn't have quite the same like, sharp break when he's not throwing it quite as hard. I really like his breaking ball when he's throwing it pretty hard. I'm also reasonably certain that he struck out a lefty in his last start on a changeup. But I was talking – I talked to David Lee about it. I talked to a couple other people about it. And I haven't been able to find out for sure if that was a changeup or if it was just kind of like a pitch that just – like, it it looked really wonky. I'm not sure if it was just kind of like a a fastball that kind of went awry then he just didn't get much behind or, you know, maybe a breaker that didn't break or something like that. But, like, the guy was way out in front of it. And I think it might have been a changeup. I I wouldn't have called it a great changeup. Uh, I think it was just more like a crazy surprise that. I mean, he, literally, he hasn't thrown a changeup all year. And if that was the if he threw that one there, that would be his first. But you know, he's something that he's openly talked about is like you know, once he kind of gets the breaking ball where he wants it, maybe he starts incorporating that third pitch to be able to be as use as a starter, uh, particularly against lefties. So again. He's never gonna. I, I don't. that not. Wasn't a changeup. I'm like, wow. Where'd that Vulcan, you know, changeup or anything like that come from? But you know, to have that sort of change of pitch for a guy who like gets that kind of crazy action and can throw upper nineties like at the top of the zone. If you have a changeup that's even passable, good things are gonna happen for you. Um. So. Yeah, and I a,
0: say, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say one of the things with Strider is is we know how studious he is about maximizing his pitches so that gives you confidence that at the very least he's going to put the work in to have a changeup that's going to be major league quality it may not be an Ian Anderson demon change up but it's going to be good enough to for him to start at the major league level assuming he makes the strides he needs to in command and can stay healthy
1: yeah and Again, if it's not – it ends up not good enough, he's just not going to throw it. And to be – and again, it's a weird situation where I'm not sure if it – if he needs the changeup. You know what I mean? Just because of the action that he gets on his pitches. But, you know, I I always prefer a guy to have a changeup just because that change of pace speed pitch just kind of makes everything else better. But, again, you know, his stuff's so good that I'm just not – I'm not super concerned about it right now. Really excited to see how he does down in Mississippi. You know, that's a, that's a team that certainly could use a a bit of help in its rotation, uh, with some, with some injuries that have happened down there. Um, other, other news, uh, Tukey Toussaint continues to rehab. He looked okay in Mississippi. He was fine. Again, with rehab, just like, you know, your mission is just, you know, get stretched back out, get healthy, throw strikes and kind of just experiment a little bit and kind of see where you're at. You know, you don't want to be too results oriented here. Um, and another guy that has, you know, we haven't seen it a little bit. We've mentioned, you know, like Drew Waters had to miss some time recently. K- Christian Pache's had to miss some time. But Travis DeMerritt has been on the injured list for a while. Uh, any concerns on your end regarding Travis?
0: I mean, we don't have any information on it to know. I mean, Demerrit was a guy that was playing well enough that you thought, um, maybe they give him a look in left field for a little bit. But, you know, the longer he stays out, the harder that's going to be. But I, I don't think... I'm not concerned until it's you know a month, and then you're like, oh okay, where is this guy at? At that point. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't
1: agree more. It's a kind of a situation where you know we have some nostalgia regarding uh, Travis uh, as a prospect, of kind of what we thought he could be. Uh, that that ship has kind of sailed. Now he's just kind of a guy that could fill in in a pitch if need be. But again, we just we don't have enough information about what the injury is you know especially with COVID kind of lingering over all of us. I don't want to make any assumptions as to kind of what it could or couldn't be or anything like that. He's been out for what looks like ten days now, is what she said. I think we were were doing the, the math on it earlier before the podcast, so something worth monitoring, but overall not something that I'm super concerned about. As is usual, what we are going to do with the format now is we're going to get into each of the levels and we're going to talk about guys that have been good and or not good. Garrett, talk to me about AAA. What have you liked? What have you not liked?
0: Uh, well, the obvious one that we definitely liked was Kyle Muller before he got called up. I mean, his last three starts were the best I have seen him command his fastball as a major, as a minor leaguer and his breaking balls for that matter. And so you kind of saw the glimpse of a guy that when he is commanding it, he's really hard to hit. Um, other than that, you know, with Pache and Waters being hurt, there weren't a really a ton of prospects doing all that much. Our Orlando Arcia has looked a lot... You know, Arcia kind of went through... You know, that first couple of weeks, he was just absolutely hitting everything. And then he kind of fell off for a little bit. Now he's starting to hit again, which is nice. Uh, the better he can hit, the better, you know. It's a guy that could definitely play a bench role in the future for the Braves. So seeing him hit is a good thing. Uh, there's definitely been... Quite a few players that have played poorly. Um, You look at Thomas Burroughs in the bullpen at this point, it's just, I don't see a guy that can make it. Um, Bryce Wilson has had some rough starts down there, and that's another guy, you know, we mentioned it earlier, where he's bouncing up and down so much, you can't really hold it against him too much, but he has struggled, and that's going to make it harder for him. You know, he got sent down yesterday so i assume obviously that he won't be eligible to make the next start in rotation for tucker davidson and right now he's just not pitching his best the biggest one that struggled is the last couple of starts for Jacelle de la cruz have been um really really bad and for de la cruz he was a guy that You know, I I think the ship has probably sailed, unless something major happens, the ship has probably sailed on him being a starter long term. I think that they will still give him opportunities, but, you know, it's kinda in the boat of, this is a guy that's probably ready to contribute as a reliever now. In the last couple of games, he's kind of, the command just has not been there, and he's been getting hit around a lot, which, guys go through those cycles but it's kind of hard to convince yourself that oh this guy with a six era at triple a is a guy in the bullpen i think you know it definitely isn't a thing where it affects my view of de la cruz i still think that he's an extremely talented guy he's the type of guy that if he develops you can feel confident in saying oh, this is a guy a con- you know a contending team can hand the ball in the ninth inning you know that's the type of talent he has but you know The last couple of weeks, you know, I think at the beginning of the year, his command was not great, but he was doing just enough to get away with it. In the last couple of games, you've kind of seen that he's not getting away with it anymore. And it's just, it's, I don't think that it's going to play at the major league level quite yet, but, you know, a couple months from now, that can change because, you know, you look at his numbers, you know, first time through the order, which is what you really worry about with a reliever, and... The numbers are there for him to be a very good reliever in the fairly near future. Um, you know, outside of that, I mean, some of the random guys in the 40-man roster, like Ty Tice, have done pretty good. At, you know, those are veteran pitchers that you kind of expect to do well, but it is good to see them doing well because, I mean, that's going to be a shuttle. The entire year. So you want as many guys pitching well down there as possible. And that's uh, – yeah. Kyle Wright has had some decent starts, which is kind of the – I mean that's – we expect Kyle Wright to succeed at AAA right now. Um, he's too good to not, but it's kind of uh, – I mean it's good that he's not like completely fallen off the map at this point. He is pitching well and making his pitches at the AAA level.
1: Yeah, I mean, just just feels a tough one just because, you know, we had such high hopes for him, you know, coming off of like a 2019 season where we felt like he had kind of turned a corner in terms of like put together a long, healthy season. Seemed like a guy that was going to be in play to be an easy top 10 prospect for us. And now it's kind of a situation where you're like, you know, why can't he, you know, after that first time through the order, it gets pretty sketchy. And if you get any further than that, it gets really, really sketchy. You know, the last month or so just hasn't been particularly kind for him. I even tried to see if it was, you know, once he got called up to Atlanta, see if like that his maybe that like messed up his rhythm or whatever. But really, he got called up and was it, was it happened so quickly, just once, super, super early in the minor league season, that once he went back down, like he had, you know, it's, it's as soon as he started getting stretched out past three innings is when he started having problems and. You know, it just hasn't looked good. It just that you know the command hasn't been the command hasn't been there. The stuff hasn't even looked as sharp either. So it's, that's problematic when you're like you both can't command your pitches and like they're not as. That like the stuff isn't as good. The quality of the pitches is not as good. Like you're throwing worse pitches in worse locations. It's just not a particularly great uh, recipe for success. Um, and this is your weekly reminder that Orlando Garcia continues to keep hitting uh, down there in Gwinnett. I'm to the point now where I'm pretty convinced that he'll be playing in Atlanta, doing something in the relatively near future. I just don't know what that something is. And maybe it's not worth it to have him up there as a bench bat. Um, but you know he's he's playing well enough and played third the other night. You know, maybe there's a situation where you start move, making some moves, you know, around around your roster for the Braves to kind of, you know, get another bat in your lineup that you like. But, you know, overall he's been playing really, really well. So, Double A. This has been mm-hmm. a weird, uh, a weird week for the for the Double A guys because there's some guys who have like literally done nothing that we've obviously have expected a lot more out of, and then there's some some guys that have been resurging, surging, and then a, a, one guy in particular who has been really, really good, surprisingly. But I'm going to go ahead and just throw it to you as the kind of guys you want to talk to about first.
0: Yeah, one thing, I mean, Mississippi has, like, they started out the season really, really bad, and since then they have just been absolutely ridiculous, which is kind of funny because outside of Langoliers, like, none of the prospects are really doing all that much. Um, but, I mean, I think, you know, you talk about Shea. He's not – He obviously he hasn't kept up with how – Absolutely ridiculous his start to the season was, but he's still hitting well. He had a walk-off home run. Was that Sunday night that he had a walk-off? Sunday, yeah, I think he had a walk-off. Sunday, he had a walk-off. Yeah, Sunday, he had a walk-off. He's been throwing out people all over the bases. I mean, it's just I – I, I am not in the call him up to AAA camp. I think I want to see him at AA for a while, but it's very, very clear that he is – ready to hit at that level. Um I think the biggest I mean the biggest guy that has I, I played a ton better is Brayden shoemaker He's starting to hit a couple home runs, hit the ball more consistently. He hasn't I mean for the last month or so he hasn't really hardly struck out at all, which is really a good thing because when he was striking out at 30% and also not hitting the ball very hard, that was concerning. He's starting yeah, to put the ball in play more. He's hitting well. I mean, he's hes I'm not going to say he's hitting like outrageously well, but the last two weeks or so, he's hitting somewhat close to the guy that we expected him to be, which is really, you know, discount the first month and a half. What does he do for the rest of the year? That's what we need to judge. And right now, if he does what he's done the last couple of weeks, we can look at that and say, okay, he's done something decent with himself. And it is nice, you know, he had – three hits and a home run in one game last week. He's putting up some good performances. The defense is still there. Um And that's, you know, that's a positive sign. I mean, as bad as that start was, any sort of life from him is something that we really need to take and run with. And, you know, I like what I've seen so far, the last couple of weeks, Uh still not getting as many line drives as we hope, still a lot of ground balls, but they're, Harder hit ground balls, and he is getting under some balls and hitting home runs, which is nice. Um, outside of that, uh there's not really, you know, Hayden Deal and Nolan Kingdom have both had some really nice starts pitching-wise. I don't, like, I don't know if I see I, either of them as really, like, Major League Arms for this organization, but they've pitched well, and they do, I mean, they have the, I mean, any guy has the potential to be there, but Deal, especially of the Two, I could see pitching in a bullpen. Kingdom, I mean, I don't think he has a place in this system. I could see him being a guy that could fill innings for, you know, a team more at the bottom of the league because he can. He's efficient. He throws a lot of strikes type of guy. Um Outside of that, I mean, none of the prospects have done particularly well. Um, Harris has struggled a ton at the plate, which I – Everybody on that team, he would have been the last one I would have picked to struggle at the plate. Uh CJ Alexander kind of looked like he was turning a corner for a while there. And then the last – and then it's like it, you felt like he was turning a corner and then he just kind of plateaued and he hasn't broken through that ceiling and really gotten on a run. Justin Dean has been decent. He's had – he'll go really like – Really streaky Yeah, two weeks where he's great and he'll go two weeks where he's terrible. And – Right now he's kind of on a in-between streak where I think he didn't hit well for a while but the last week or so he's hit okay, stealing some bases. Overall, Dean I mean overall this year I think Dean's done well. He's just extremely streaky. Um, I think the one we've been asked about a ton is Drew Lugbauer is absolutely crushing the ball right now.
1: He and really is.
0: It's kind of wild. I, I mean, it's we completely wrote off Lugbauer and and I don't want to like say that all of a sudden he has some sort of like insane prospect status because he's still striking out like 35% of the time but he's done a ton better than I expected and he's showing he's showing the power in games he's showing a guy that you know you don't necessarily think that he will figure it out but that you know there's he's showing a guy that could possibly maybe have a little bit of hope in that bat taking a ton of walks hitting for power still striking out a ton that's always going to be his game but it's great. I'm glad to see him hit. I mean, I think he was a guy that was really popular for a while, and he's kind of struggled. But it is nice to see him turn that around a bit.
1: And when he hits home runs, they aren't cheapies. Um It's just like every week, I just look and I'm like, he just put up another like, you know, three four hundred batting average on a week, and just like, you know, like again, it's you know, pl- playing you know three four games a week, but he'll like he just he'll always get some extra base hits. He'll always he'll always contribute to at least. The, a win in at least a one like one win a week. Like he'll be a major contributor in that game, and that's and that's something you want to see from a guy who like again he wasn't like a like a super high draft pick or anything, but you know he had that really great performance was in rookie ball, and you know had some rough times down there in the Florida State League to be certain, and getting him out of there now he's he's performing well, you know, and again when when he does get a hold of one he's not a guy that hits those like three seventy five wall scraper home runs when he hits home runs he hits them far. Uh, I, I want to take a, uh, just to take a moment, a uh, hat tip to Chris Harris, by the way, uh, down there in Mississippi. He's doing a great job kind of getting information out about Mississippi and the prospects. You should be following him at CHarris731. Uh, he, he, again, the, just outstanding play-by-play guy, outstanding broadcaster, just is a great service to kind of the Braves-Mirely community in general. Uh, but he just tweeted this a little while ago. Nolan Kingham hasn't allowed a run since the first inning of his June 6th start. It's kind of wild when you kind of think about it that way. He, you know, like, almost 18 innings, struck out 12 over that span. I mean, like, again, I'm with you. Like, he's kind of just, like, you know, gets a ton of ground balls, and, you know, if the the contact is a little bit harder, then, you know, all of a sudden he can kind of get some big innings, you know, and get, things get away from him. But, like, he has pitched really, really well this year. And I, I'm, I'm willing to give him maybe a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt than you are, but it's you know and there, there's definitely some limits to his upside but like the guy just throws six seven innings every single outing and this is a double a so at some point you have to kind of I'm gonna to sit, get, get, take your head take your hat off to him and I, I he's kind of an arm i'd like to see what happens if you put him in triple a i against kind of these veteran these veteran hitters because again this isn't a guy with like big time stuff but he just he gets outs he just pitches well you know and it it's not wasn't always the case when he was when he was drafted by the Braves. He'd have some starts where he'd go really like he know go eight innings and you know give up like two hits and they're all weak ground balls and stuff. But I'd like to see again. I just I would like to see him a triple I just kind of see how well he plays. Um and you know echo your comments about Shoemaker. He's you know he has an OPS approaching 700 for the month of June, which considering where he was coming out of May. I'm calling that progress. So, so uh, and you know, Mississippi's again. is kind of one of those weird teams. You know, the teams that the players that are really wanting to see has either not performed well or, in the case of Victor Vodnik, uh, he is now injured and you know, dealing with that back issue. Hopefully he comes back soon. Uh, Mississippi's going to be really fun to watch with Spencer Strider, though, uh, seeing how kind of once he's into that rotation and how well he performs and whether or not those guys that have been maybe in the minor leagues a little bit know how to hit velocity pretty well, see how they handle him. Uh, Before we get to high A and low A and and then wrapping this up, we're going to take a short break to listen to a word from our sponsors. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you
0: like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All
1: right, guys, we are back, and we are here to talk about some of the low miners, guys. Uh, this has been – um. How do I put – again, it's it's a tough to evaluate this week simply because there were just so many games that were lost due to the rain. But I, I am I am curious as to your thought about some of these pitchers in particular because some of these guys have been like intermittently have either – they'll impress me one inning, and then the next thing I kind of wonder what's going on. Um, and I mean, other than when Strider was there, there's been a couple of notable exceptions here. But I want to kind of – first, we'll talk with Rome first. Who are the guys who kind of stood out to you?
0: Right, so obviously Strider, I think we've covered him enough that we don't like need to go in depth here, but Strider's looked obviously fantastic. He's going to double A now. I mean, every single time he comes out, you get blown away. You know, going through the rest of that rotation though, you have, uh, you know, Schuster and Elder there and shoot elder his last start wasn't that great uh kind of i think got thrown off a little bit you know he kind of got thrown off. you know, he had this really good streak of pitching and then he had that rain out game where he only threw two innings and it was a little bit kind of a change to a schedule that might have affected him so his last time out he wasn't quite as sharp he gave up some hits didn't strike guys out as much you know that does happen sometimes um but overall elder has been fantastic this year He's impressed me in a lot of ways. Schuster has, I mean, numbers-wise, he's still not pitching deep in games, but inning by inning, he's pitched as well as anybody in the system outside of Schrader this season. I mean, every time he goes out, and again, this is high A, and this is a guy that should be succeeding at high A, but every single time he goes out, you're going to get his three or four innings. It's going to be one – it's going to be – you know, at most a couple runs, and he's not going to hardly walk anybody. He's going to get his four, five, six strikeouts, and that's, I mean, every single game he's consistently in there. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like for Schuster, it doesn't seem like every single pitch, every single game, every pitch works. Like some games, his fastball and curveball are working. Sometimes, usually, it's the changeup and fastball are working. He doesn't yep. seem like he's been able to put everything together in one start yet. But he's fairly consistent about going out there, making his pitches and getting outs. And I mean, that's for a guy who we, they're obviously being very, very conservative with. It, the most important thing is, is he makes his pitches when he's out there. And so far he has been making his pitches when he's out there. And that's, I, I can't ask for anything more from him. Uh, going into the bullpen, the most impressive pitcher. Has been Indigo Diaz. I mean, I love in the I love entire system.
1: I mean, him him getting first kicked we, out of the game
0: <laughs> was yeah priceless. I mean, first off, the dude has. I mean, the curveballs look great. The fastballs look great. He doesn't have like elite velocity, but he's got good movement on the fastball. He's located it well. How well that will play as he goes up levels, we'll have to see. But so far, he has pitched – I don't know why he's even in high anymore because he has – he's striking out like 20 batters per nine, and it's been two months. Like at this point, you've got to push this guy up because, I mean, he's making a literal mockery of this league. It's insane. But, I mean, Diaz has been – I mean, guys, Diaz has definitely been the breakout prospect bullpen-wise, and he's a guy that – went from we knew who he was and we kind of thought "Eh, this is a guy we're looking at but now he's a guy who we're saying okay this is a legit relief prospect that we are watching when he comes in games because he has he has a lot of fun out there and it's a lot of fun watching him pitch um hitting wise I, i mean rome has kind of had some pretty rough games hitting wise um harris has been harris has not been as hot as michael harris has not been as hot as he was he's been you know he's been putting fun. the ball in play he, hitting he's he's doing what we want him to do right we don't expect him to hit 500 every single week he's doing fine he's getting hits he's getting on base i mean nothing to complain about he's looked r- the first couple of weeks i thought he was a little bit rough around the edges defensively but the last month or so he's been lights out in center field and i don't have you know, we'll see how he matures as assuming he doesn't lose more than about half a step. He's plenty good enough to stick in center field. And he has, I mean, he's great going back on balls and getting to balls deep in the deep in gaps and deep behind him. He's looked really, really good out there. The, but the most impressive player has been Jesse Franklin. And I, I have, you rarely see guys go on hot streaks like he has. And it's, Yo, he struggled he was one guy that I think we all we saw him struggle at the beginning of the year but we all thought oh, this guy's going to hit, right? Like eventually he's yeah, going he, to turn he, it around and hit.
1: And I don't I don't know whenever we all watched him that first month it just felt like the it just looked like the bat was so slow yeah. and he well, wasn't yeah, reacting he, to anything and I was just, I was like I don't know this this doesn't look like a guy <laughs> but I mean yeah. the month of June has been I mean,
0: but he, like, like you say, he started to getting his timing back. And now he's a bit of a weird case where he was, he got hurt and then, so he didn't really hardly play. He didn't play basically at all the one season. Then COVID came, so he didn't play. So he's missed like two straight years. And so him being, he's, guys are behind, but he is like way, way behind. And so now he's turning it around and I knew he had power. But as hard, as hard as he has been hitting the ball and as consistently as he's has been hitting home runs to – I mean he's hitting balls in – out in Rome that – I mean guys don't hit balls out to those parts of the field usually. Like deep right center field, lefties don't take pitches out there, and he's hit a few out that way that have been well out of the yard. He's hitting a ton. Uh He's had – he's not striking out a ton he's not like going crazy with not striking out decent in that category nothing special um but I mean he's hitting everything hard it's pretty crazy I mean I've he went on a real tear and it's been fun to watch him play um struggles wise I mean Bryce Ball the longer he goes not hitting the more concerned I get like there was definitely a like, there's definitely a part of me that says, like, he should hit at this level, but he continues to struggle, and I think the biggest thing is, is he's really not hitting for power. He has three home runs earlier this year, but he hasn't had a home run in over a month now. Uh, he's still striking out a ton. He's not had a lot of hits lately, so that's guy that, like, if you're looking at a player that's really struggled, I mean, I don't know... You know he's not even drawing walks as much as he was at the beginning of the year. So Ball is getting to the point to where it's like you're throwing up red flags, like something's gotta change pretty quickly or you're gonna have to start really adjusting your outlook on him because we expected him to you know, I don't think he's a guy that we expected to hit like three hundred, but we expected him to hold his own and hit for power, and he's not really doing that at the level right now no he's he definitely hasn't
1: it's been it's been issues with off speed stuff He just you know it gets kind of deep in counts and he's drawing walks, but when he gets deep in those counts and the ball's- cl- and and it's close and like the guys and it seems like pitchers know like if they go to their off speed stuff, they'll either give up a walk to him which they're willing to concede because it's better than you know giving a pitch fat over the plate that he can handle uh you know letting him turn on a fastball or something like that, or they just you know they just strike him out because he just can't seem to time those pitches up right now. You know it's funny with you know Harris, I just wish that he would you know show a like a l- a little bit more willingness to to take walks. I just feel like he feels like he can put anything in play, which you know in his case it might be true, but it's you know again it's just one of those things it's one of those it's one of those narratives that's currently about him that I wish he would just you know go ahead and get it out of the way like he just has like three weeks where he just like you know takes a bunch of because I think he can he has that eye to do that and he doesn't have to necessarily turn try to turn on everything um but overall, again, kind of a weird, a weird week down in Rome. It's been um, – there's definitely some players on that team. This is kind of where you get to the high and low A where you're like, I really need the draft to happen, <laughs> and I need to have them pretty soon because, like, there's some players that are playing with regularity down there in Rome that you're just like, you know, this this is where you kind of see that lack of depth in the minor leagues because there are real prospects at Rome. Don't get me wrong, and there's plenty of reasons to watch the team. But it just seems like a lot of, a lot of the guys that you are seeing play every day, you're just like – you know, what are, what are, uh, the, there, there needs to be a bit of an infusion of talent. And that should happen. Again, we got 20, a 20 round draft coming up, and, you know, they're going to be able to sign, you know, after, in, in this offseason, they're going to be able to sign some international guys. It might take a little bit of time, but, you know, we're going to start to see some of that depth, depth trickle back up to Rome, uh, as well as into Augusta, which I guess we should talk about now. Uh, Augusta's been hard to watch, man. Like, I, I, I try, but, like, you know, and again, there's, Reasons that there there are been fun t- players to watch there. Joey Sce has been great. Darius Fines had some weird starts. Uh, we had Jared Johnson come out of extended spring and now he's pitching down there in Augusta. But I I don't know. Before I kind of get into my thoughts there, just generally, and then we kind of close this thing out. Talk to me about your guys down there in Augusta. You've had that you've had your eye on.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I don't hardly I don't hardly ever watch Augusta games live. I just go back after the game and like pick through the plays I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> it's very – really, you know, you watch the pitchers there. For the most part, there's some pitchers in that team that are really good and there's some pitchers that are really bad. The most impressive has been by far Darius Fiennes. Um Darius Fines, if you look at a guy that – if you're looking at a guy that is the next guy to get called up, the way he's pitched at that level, he's striking out a – I mean he's striking out a ton of guys, not not allowing walks. You know, he's had – I think his biggest key is he does allow some hard contact, and that is a, somewhat of a concern. But he, I mean, he's pitched really, really well, and he's a guy that at his age, I think he's 23. He's either 23 or 24. I'm pretty sure he's 23. He probably needs to be pushed at this point. Now, with Vines at the beginning of the year, I kind of was watched him. I was like, yeah, this is not a guy that can start. Watching his last few games, He started to mix in the change up more. It started to be a little more consistent. And he is a guy that if he maxes out that change and he maxes out his command, he can be a number four at the major league level. His fastball isn't elite. It's not a swing and miss pitch. And so the issue with Vines is is if he doesn't locate it well, he gets hit hard. And so he is going to have to take some steps forward in his command to pitch as a starter at the major league level. I think he has the athleticism to do that. The curveball is really good. And is fairly consistently really good. The change up. Sometimes it's. You know an average change up. Sometimes it's just really really bad. So he's got to work on the consistency there. He has to work on the consistency with his command. But he's. He's a guy that could start down the road. And I've liked what I've seen out of him. Again. I don't. There's not a ton of upside there, and so it's kind of a narrow profile that he really has to max out to start. But he does have the stuff, and the fastball curveball is good enough for him to be a reliever at the mainstream level. Um, Hitting-wise, um, Willie Carter stayed hot. It's not really worth talking about what he does there because he's just – he shouldn't be there, right? Like he's 24. If he he he's supposed him, to – For sure. Yeah, he's supposed to hit there. You know, nothing that he does right now, unless he just gets really cold, nothing that he does there is going to affect him because he's 24, he should hit it low A. Uh, Grissom has not been as good this last week, um, but he's had some good moments. He's still not striking out a lot, taking a ton of walks. That's the big thing with him is, is he's, uh, he obviously has the bat. Like, like that was the big question. The bat's there. I think he's looked better defensively. I still don't know if he's going to stay at shortstop once he fills out. But he's playing there more. He's looked better defensively. He's played all over the infield, which is good. I like to see him kind of getting that opportunity to pitch as, play as more of a, um, utility guy. I think it's good for his development and we'll get a good chance to see where he can play long term. Um, we're not, we're still not seeing a ton of the power. When he gets into him, he hits him really hard. You know, I think the big concern with him is, is he is. He's hitting so many ground balls right now. He's hitting a ton of line drives too. He's hitting a lot of ground balls, and it's limiting his power production. Overall, Grissom's looked good. He's looked a lot better. I think he's looked a lot better defensively, a lot more sure of himself defensively the last couple of weeks. Um And he stays hot. Um One guy that – you know, the one guy that I think that has turned his season around is uh, Alec Barg. Is it Barg? It's Barger. Barger. <laughs> barger. i always barger. get I, I, I'm, barger. I'm, I'm 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 like 90 pretty sure it's far i think i've asked this before barger was i mean i think we knew coming into the season like okay this guy's a reliever long term and he started for about a month and a half and he wasn't really that good uh he had some good starts he had some really bad starts a lot of walks now this time now the last Two weeks or so, they've had him pitching out of the bullpen. One innings, two innings here and there. He's going through a – basically, he's going through a lineup one time. And in those three games, he's allowed one run in four innings, six strikeouts, no walks. And I think that that's – I think that that's good. I mean he needs to stay as a reliever and he's looked a lot better as a reliever and that – and his combination of pitches is good enough for him to pitch at the major league level as a reliever. And it's like, obviously his struggles were going through the order two and three times. He can't really, well, two times. He can't really do that. He's never going to be able to do that, but it's nice to see him pitching as a reliever and pitching well. And so I think that he's a guy that we can now watch and say that is someone who can move through the system fairly quickly. He's 23 as well. He's a guy that needs to be pushed, but he's a guy that can, has major league stuff. Um, Jared Johnson, I mean, obviously the stuff, the fastballs extremely, I mean, the fastball jumps out of his hand. He's so big and he has a good curveball. It's inconsistent, but it's good. It's, it flashes, good movement. Um, we just need to see more of them. I, I don't know if I've like, I don't think that he's done, did anything that like changed my opinion on him. He's raw. He's really talented. He's really big. Um, And you know, it's, I think the biggest thing with him is, is I'm really glad to see him pitching and being able to actually put eyes on what he's doing and kind of say, okay, the ideas of what I had on him, they're correct. He's still there. Nothing's changed with him. Let's see what he can do going forward. And so that's the guy that, we need to see more, and he's—I I don't know—he hasn't really been good or bad. He's just kind of been in between, and that's no one. And then there no one like that. Team is so like it's Grissom, and then Vines, Some couple, and that's yeah. it. Like there, no one. A bunch of undrafted free agents, it's, right? Uh, like no one on that team is like been. None of the guys that have been bad are like real prospects, right? So it's like there's not really a whole lot to say about it. That in that category so overall i mean the guys that you want to see do well at that level have done well and that's the biggest takeaway from them
1: yeah i do want to highlight uh joey estes actually looking human uh and having uh i wouldn't say a terrible estes. start huh i forgot estes <laughs> yeah well i mean it's a well, he, the start wasn't particularly good. He had, gave up a couple home runs, actually gave up four runs. Uh, it, admittedly, it was his longest start of the of, of the season. I mean, not by a whole lot, but, you know, it was his longest start of the season, saw 23 batters. But the, having a little bit of growing pains, not the end of the world, you know. And, again... Nothing about the peripherals about that start made you think, uh "Oh, here we go." You know, he just had a game where he like, you know, he watched a few guys probably threw a few more pitches than he wanted to, and a couple guys just, you know, were able to time him up and hit a couple balls out. And that that'll happen, you know what I mean? But overall, still looked great. Still has a sub two ERA on the season. Still has 44 strikeouts in in less than 33 innings pitched. You you just take that all day. But again, didn't have the best start this past week. Um, the thing about Johnson is that I was trying to watch to get a really kind of good glance at him when he pitched on Friday and. It just some dumb stuff was happening, like, you know, like a grounder, like deflected off him that should have probably just ended the inning on the spot. And then another ball was a kind of a grounder that, like, got under the glove of, you know, the first baseman whose reflexes, I will say, weren't exactly the quickest uh, kindly. Uh, So it's just kind of like, you know, even the numbers like that didn't look particularly. He was better than what the numbers looked like. But I also had some issues where, you know, it looked like that. The ball, the ball was jumping on guys. That, that fastball coming out of his hands, you know, high nineties. You definitely love to see that out of him, but you know, it definitely looked a little flat too in some in some respects in terms of his fastball. So I kind of want to get a, a better sense of kind of who he is going forward. And it's worth mentioning too, super early in the season for him, he was in extended spring, just like trying to get right, and then now he's kind of making his full season debut. So I'm not super concerned that like you know everything doesn't look as crisp as I would normally like it to uh, for a, kind of a low A pitching prospect type. Uh kind of wish that Munoz was you know looked as awesome as he did in the, early in the season he definitely hasn't uh you know it looks like he's dealing with injuries and he struggled when he has pitched so it's been kind of a tough thing um and yeah I I, I again just want to echo those uh thoughts on Grissom right it's just like I just want him to impact the ball and I don't see him do that enough I think that he has a hit tool to be certain I just don't know if that's necessarily going to translate. Into being an impact prospect yet, just because again, I've seen him park balls in in batting practice way out, but he's just not again not really impacting the ball. It seems content to try to get on base, which for an Augusta team that like kind of really struggles for offense, I kind of get it. I mean, this is a team that like has a, like multiple guys hitting under 200 that play every day. Again, a lot of undrafted free agents, a lot of guys who you know maybe had some maybe had some D1 experience or you know or you know kind of pitched. We're played, you know, we're a little bit older, you know, playing out of some smaller schools and things like that. And it's not like I don't, I dislike those guys completely, but it's going to be nice when we kind of get some higher end talent on that roster and kind of see, you know, how do, how do teams in the, in the lower minors pitch to Vaughn Grissom when there's real threats behind him in the lineup? Or, you know, that there's more batters on base or there's actually like a, a bigger threat of something positive happening further down the order other than Grissom. I mean, they've certainly stitched together some innings, but, like, it seems like it's a comedy of errors even when that happens. It'll be, like, a ground ball single that, like, the other team can't figure out of the field. And, you know, Braulio has like, steals two bases and comes home on a wild pitch. And, like, that's how they score. that That's how they get their five-run games. It's not like a, you know, like kind of a consistent offensive production. But, you know, and, you know, I, I, I certainly like Barger when I saw him the season opener down there. Uh, in Augusta, I, you know, I thought the fastball was live, and it, it, things got away from him in that start. But you know, for a guy that maybe is a potential relief arm, that's that's a real arm for sure. And I could say, I could see him potentially succeeding as a reliever. But there are also some a bunch of relief arms in that on that roster that are really really bad that get played quite a bit. So again, just kind of a tough team to watch right now. And it just kind of highlights what I want to get to next is that um, the draft is coming up. It's just a couple. just coming up here in July, uh, second week of July, and. We're really kind of excited to kind of keep cranking up that coverage. This is like Matt Powers' like time of the year for him, and we're he's already kind of cranking up those those position rankings in terms of what, who he likes in the draft. We're we're continuing to cover those mock drafts. Garrett's been an absolute monster, and really kind of keeping an eye on what mock drafts are coming out and just make sure everyone knows kind of who is being mocked to the Braves. Uh, spoilers: uh, I do not expect that any mock draft is trying to be correct about who the Braves pick at 24 is going to be close to correct simply because there's just, once you get past those first, I say six or seven guys, there's just not a big enough gap between any of those guys to really realistically, between like, I would say eight and like, there's probably like a tier between eight and like 16 that like you could kind of, you could kind of define relatively well, but anything from like 17 and lower, it's like up, it's like 40 guys you could pick from. So, I, I, it's not something that I'm pretty much stock in, and there certainly seems to be a certain amount of, well, they've been pitching, they, they picked a college pitcher, they've been pitching, picking college guys, so we'll just mock another college guy to them, and that's kind of what we've been seeing, but I think that just speaks to the fact that it's just so hard right now to get any useful information, the, the especially when we don't really have a lot of intelligence coming out about who guys are watching right, leading right up to the draft, because things are kind of changed up, right? Like, we're used to the draft kind of happening, like, Last week, right? <laughs> we're used to it kind of being like right up through the college season. Where were the GMs going to watch guys? Who were the guys watching? Who were the players that are being watched like in the like the last week or two leading up to the draft? But there's going to be a longer layoff now. A lot of these guys going to get picked apart in the draft rooms up until the draft. But that leads us to what our next episode is going to be. Uh, I will be putting out a mail call for this probably over the weekend, I would imagine, uh, and that's going to be it's going to be a draft mailbag. So make sure that you're getting your questions about specific guys in the draft that you like or don't like. Uh, I will ma- do my absolute best to make sure I can enlist Matt to be on that podcast. Uh, so if you have some guys in the, those fourth, fourth, fifth rounder types that you want to talk about, I'll make sure that we have information for you uh, as well as kind of who we like and who we don't like for the draft. That'll be kind of our first of our kind of leading into our draft coverage type. We'll do a draft draft podcast next weekend, next week about a mailbag to kind of get everyone up to speed as what's going on. We'll do another update after that, just a regular podcast where we kind of update everyone's going on the minor leagues, and then it's going to be draft coverage full speed ahead for us. Um Garrett, is there anything else you want
0: to share before we let everyone go? Nah, I mean, I'm just excited for us to, you know, I got our breaths last week, so now I'm excited for, you know, actual games to be played during the week instead of, you know, having two-game recaps. That's so it's always fun. But I'm yeah s- uh, Yeah. I don't want to have I'm, any, I'm, like – seven game recaps but I also don't want to have like two game recaps. So I'm I'm, I'm hopeful we're going to have this
1: week. Hey, the G the G C GCL's coming. Don't worry, you're going to have some more oh. things to talk about soon. <laughs> um so but that's, that's all pretty much Oh, a, those games are always fun. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, the one paragraph recaps where we were just looking at box scores since there's no useful information. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, but again, yeah, GCL does open up at the end of the month too, so make sure you're kind of keeping in tabs on what's going on. Uh, we should be at least get some information about how Makai is doing and some of the other guys, uh, Caden Morton, other guys that we like down there. Uh, I frankly think they should be up in Augusta now, but you know, hopefully we at least get to kind of see where they're at in their development and kind of how much longer we're going to have to wait to actually get to see them. Thank you all so much for all the support on the podcast. We really appreciate it. You make sure you're following Talking Chop uh, in whatever your preferred podcast purveyor is, whether it be iTunes, Google, Stitcher, you know, whatever you choose to use. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast. Not only we get this podcast, which is, uh you know, again, comes out every Monday. We talk about the minor leagues, but you also get the flagship Talking Chop podcast hosted by the great Brad Roland. Uh, I'm a regular co-host on that, along with Scott Coleman, you know, getting leading up into the all-star break. I'm sure we're going to be I'm sure I'm going to be over there talking about the draft as well. Uh so you're gonna get plenty of content from me in the coming weeks, but you know, you get two cup podcasts for the absolute price of none. So just make sure that you're subscribed to podcasts, leave five star reviews, it really helps us grow the podcast. Until next time, we'll see you on the road.